Hi, welcome back to Black Love Bites with me, Joy Francis. And me, Patsy Isles. Well, after the summer hiatus, we're back and we have a very special guest. We've quoted him a few times, but now we've actually got him live in the studio. And I'm talking about one Steve Pope, who was voice editor for 12 years. He's also co-founder of Express Publishing with Dotan Adebayo. Uh, it made its appearance in 1992. And alongside many titles, two of the most prominent is Yardi. And also I'm sure you remember Baby Father, which was serialized by BBC Two. And also Idris Elba uh, adapted Yardi in 2018. Welcome, Steve. Welcome. Hi. Now, we've got you in the studio because of an article that you wrote on the 11th of March 2005 in The Guardian. And it was a water cooler moment, I know for me in mm. particular. And the title was Whatever Happened to Whatever Happened to Sister Love. Before we actually, I even read a piece from it, the opening actually, what's your memory of? the article at the time because you had to remind yourself isn't it because you wrote it you moved on but what's um, your memory about how that came to be do you know what I remember about the article it wasn't so much the article but the reaction to the article and that's why it stays in my mind because to me it, I didn't think the article was necessarily saying anything I thought people didn't know maybe a lot of Guardian readers perhaps didn't know mm. but I thought it was what I'd heard time and time again and I, all I did was add a little bit of statistics to it the, the premise being why do black men why do so many black men have white partners more so than any other ethnic group and that that was it really um, in a nutshell but oh it was just like a storm of protest and hostility and I have got absolutely, I, I come from a mixed um, background, so I've got nothing against anyone who wants to have partner of whatever colour or, or background. But when you look at things statistically and say, well, why is it that one group do, does this and another group doesn't? What's, what, what are the reasons um, for it? That was all the article. It was just really to uh, spur debate. I, I want to actually flag up some of the statistics that you were referring to let's say mm. I, I want to stress that these statistics are of that time we're talking about 14 years ago um, mm. so at that point um, the statistics were from the National Survey of Ethnic Minorities which noted that half of Carib Caribbean origin men had a white partner and 40% of Caribbean origin children had one white parent in contrast 80% of Asian men had same race partners so that was like the starting point for you wasn't it really um but also i want to i was quite keen to read out the introduction sol campbell thierry henry kofi annan trevor mcdonald frank bruno david lammy mp why is it that prominent black men so often choose white partners some will balk at the question and of course who finds who a person finds attractive is entirely a matter for them but while that is true on an individual basis when you look at the bigger picture, the question is valid. For while most men choose a partner of the same race or cultural background, black men are much more likely to marry a different race partner, and in most cases, a white one. Paxi, I mean, I told you about the, the article, yeah, isn't it? So, so just hearing that, what's your Well, it's take? interesting because obviously, um, 
you know, I come from a family where I have, you know, brothers who have married outside of their race. And um, what was interesting to me was because I, I actually thought it was very much of its time, this article, and it was posing questions that I thought made sense for, for the time that it was published. And but, you know, in, in kind of researching for this this program, one of the things that interested me was, you know, is this still the case? Is this still something that is happening now? You know, and um, and I was kind of trying to think I started off with thinking about celebrity. And of course, you know, when you when you even if you Google black relationships, you know, black celebrity relationships, for example, there's, there's loads and loads and loads of black celebrities from America that have married within their race. But to find that same number in, in, in England, it, it was still very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of the, the question I was interested in is, is what did you think? Did you kind of feel like that this is something really much, very much of its time? Or do you think this is still a really relevant thing happening now? Well, from the statistics I've looked at recently, I think the, the, I looked at statistics around 2011, mm-hmm. the more current ones that yeah. I could see. And it, mm-hmm. If anything, the situation had uh, become more, more prominently so, mm-hmm. you know, um, looking across the UK, and it said that the group, it said black Caribbean men are the group that's most likely to have a partner not of their own race. I think uh, if you looked at um, Bangladesh, Indian and Pakistani are the least likely to mm. have partners of, you know, outside of their own ethnicity. And um, I thought, well, what's the, there's got to be some reason um, for it. it can't just be oh you know people come up with the same old reason oh I don't see colour you know I just you know I particularly you know was attracted to this woman because of her personality and if that's the case if it was random choice like that you didn't see colour then there wouldn't be that you know that that shift towards having black men having white females mm. as partners um, so it was that that I was interested still interested in um, and it's almost like no one wants to have the honesty and come out and say, I don't like black women for this reason, that reason, or whatever. Um, because I hear all these sorts of reasons, you know, uh, black women aren't approachable. I'm thinking this is, you know, this is madness. I don't, where's this coming from? I've never found it difficult to approach black women. I've, ma- I've married two black women, I've got, you know. So it's not been difficult, honestly. I've dated lots of black women. It's really not difficult. So I don't understand it. And time and time again I've seen women who have dare I say put up with second best you know because they they um, want to have a black partner when I think they could be doing a lot better um, so it's just nonsense mm. there's also another quote I want to take from um, your article Steve but I want to actually go back and pick you up on something you just said that you still have an interest in this the fact that you sort of you know reeled off those stats from 2011, what is your interest? Why are you still interested in this? Um, because I feel there's not honesty um, about it. Um, and also, I, I think I come from a mixed background, so I'm always... And what's, in, your, what's your... My your father culture? was white mm-hmm. and my mother was black. Um, and at the time when they got married in the 1950s, that was quite, you know, unusual. You know, um, and in terms of my father, he he was very ostracised from his mm. parents. You know, um, 
a lot of friends he knew, um, white society in England, even though we grew up in Barbados, I think coming back to um, um, Britain. Um, so there I think was a situation where someone I could see married for love, they married for love rather than for any other reason because they faced a lot of problems. Mm. They, it, it wasn't going to be an enhancement to their lives for them to get married. Whereas I think for a lot of um, black men, they probably feel that uh, maybe if they have a white partner, it'll somehow improve their life, their status, their opportunities in work, the acceptability amongst whitest society. Um, I don't know what it is, whether they are uh, uh, perhaps, dare I say, brainwashed into thinking that white women are somehow this superior product, you know. Um, I mean, there's arguments that uh, we are sort of bombarded with ideas that, you know, European aesthetics are the ideal mm. that we should strive to attain. I think, well, okay, if that was the case, why is it that other groups, um, you know, why is it that Chinese people um, or Indian people um, marry outside their... African group, men? You know, African men the same way. It's very much often the Caribbean male thing, or, you know, I dare I say, black British uh, male thing. I mean, is it... Could it be that maybe black British men... Um, have more in common culturally with um, with white women than maybe Asian men have with with white women. I, I honestly don't know what the what the dynamic is. I just it would be good if people were just honest and mm. said this is how I feel um, about it because of this reason. Because mm. it's those reasons that I find I'm kind of interested in to find out what's the mechanism of you know uh, almost brainwashing or indoctrination or what. Why is it? that um, one person can feel this way and another, do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. And I think it was like you said in your article, it's, it's, it's also the fact that in order to make that choice, you have to you have to belittle the black woman, you know, you have to kind of say, well, she's this and she's that and she's the other, and that's why I make this choice. You know, make the choice because you love the person, make the choice because you fell in love with that person. But, you know, I think, you know, when, it, when you're turning it, onto the black woman, and obviously we're black women, Joy and I, you know, it's, it's that kind of, when you know that this is what's been uh, said, you know, how does that make us feel? Well, it kind of, you know, I remember dating, when I was dating online, and I remember there were a couple of times when I, I approached, it's very rare that I actually approached people online, let's be fair, <laughs> you know. but no, but when I approached, there was a couple of guys, a couple of occasions where I approached black men that I was attracted to online and they were they were bold enough to tell me that I'm not their type and I'm not their type because I'm the wrong colour you know but what it did was it kind of I, I you know I didn't think it was going to have an effect on me but actually it it was upsetting to feel like you have, have kind of opened yourself up and approached someone and they tell you that and it's not for any other reason other than that you're black mm. you know I, I wonder because I think that when you think about post-war and um, the Windrush generation coming over here and some came with their wives, some had to bring their wives uh, after, later, you know, once they managed to find someone that would, you know, property that they could move afford to live in or a landlord or landlady that would allow them to live there as a, as a, a black man. And that narrative is not our narrative. I like many of the narratives around us that, that are negative. And I think it seems that 
to cope at that time and to go into particular spaces and not be seen as aggressive or a threat. But also, in the absence of black women, often when black men came here, for example, they had relationships with, with white women. And I wonder if some of that connection um, and route into the English mainstream was through the white woman in a way, um, even from Victorian times when you think about it, you know, there's been you know, interracial relationships. Um, but I, I just wonder why a narrative which was created by white culture coming out of colonialism and slavery is not more vehemently challenged by um, black men, even publicly, I think. Um, and, and I wonder now if it's so much part of the psyche that, that it's almost like a subconscious, unconscious thing, because um, I think you could find a lot of black women, particularly a certain age group, the 40s, who are in their 40s and 50s, um, and the challenge we have of just being in relationship, because another argument about why this is possibly the case is that it's just us, it's too painful for us, for us, for us, the pain from the past, which we're not discussing with each other, is really acute when we're with each other, suspicion, um, fear of rejection, um, so it's almost like you side and fear of getting hurt on a level that's so deep that you sidestep the relationship with each other and go with someone where that pressure, cultural pressure isn't the same if that makes sense, mm. so you can hide more. Because I think that's part of the issue as well, is that, uh, you know, on paper, if we're from the same culture, you know, air quotes, that we are more tuned um, and we can connect with each other and we can't hide from each other. But I think we're hiding from ourselves anyway, which is why we're doing the Black Love mm. Project. Um, so I think, but, but the fact that we're, it's all, this is speculation or anecdotal, because actually, Black men are very quiet on this. We need black men who interracially date, or even just ones who, who, who have friends who are serial interracially daters, um, to, to just talk, talk about it. You know, what do they observe? Because the thing is, it's not the dating that's the problem, it's a narrative around it. Yeah. And the fact that there are, I mean, in one situation, I won't say, I remember someone I'm very close to was working with somebody who was from another country, I think she was Australian. Who, was, who had a lot of black female friends, who was dating a black British guy of you know, a Caribbean uh, origin, who basically, pillar talk, constantly criticized black women. She broke up with him, because she goes, I don't understand why you're doing that, and what, how am I supposed to respond, because mm. I can't buy into that. And she shared that with her black and white friends, one of whom was someone I, I know, and that was very interesting. Um, so, yeah, I, I, where does that leave us then? You were given an argument about the sort of mistrust between mm. black men and black women. Wonder, yeah. if, if that was the case, why is the statistics not the same in America? Mm. Why is it peculiar to the UK? I'm not saying exclusively so, mm. but it seems to be more acute in yeah, the UK. It does. Yeah, and that, I, 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 I don't know what the reason is. Uh, but saying that, there's, you know, Oprah, I'm not saying she's following us, but ever since we started to do stuff on Black Love, she started to do stuff on Black Love. I love you, Oprah, but oh, hey. Oh, me too, Oprah. Um, um, but, and she's doing something like in conversation, women in conversation, black women in conversation, and I've been watching some of it, and I think one was about uh, relationships, black women's relationship with black men. And, and they, had, they have a panel, um, and then they've got like 100 women in the space to sort of chip in. Um, and he had a woman who interracially dates, one who basically lost her identity by going out with a white Italian guy, and she realised that he just didn't 
particularly like black people and saw her as the exception and she bought into that and she realized I need to leave this relationship. Mm -hmm. And then you had a, a, a black woman who has a black partner. Um, but a lot of the women in the room were echoing what I've been saying to you about the fact that that there's the hierarchy of attractiveness. So the darker skinned black women, which may be short hair, rocking it, look fantastic, were sidestepped because unless you had a particular aesthetic, um, you wouldn't be seen as attractive enough. So that came up as an issue that even if, when they are going out with black women, you have to pass a certain attractiveness test, which still falls into the Eurocentric model. Mm -hmm, yeah. So even though the stats um, are different, it is much more acute here. Um, well, I think also what's happening here is mm. it's kind of taken another step now, hasn't it? Because I think at the time when you're of your, your the publishing of your article, it was very much a kind of a, a black male phenomena, really, mm. um, and it wasn't necessarily that black women were kind of going out and doing the same thing. Which they are now. Whereas now it's almost as though because we haven't had that conversation, the black women are kind of like, well, they're not interested in me. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to start dating outside of my race. I'm going to start marrying outside of my race. And actually, that's why I think it's really important that you say what you say in terms of Steve, in terms of, um, you know, having that conversation, because we're not having the conversation, both sides, male and female, are reacting. Mm. You know, no one's kind of being proactive. It's all about kind of reacting to what's mm. happened. And so more and more we're having this divide, more and more we're kind of going outside of ourselves to find happiness, to find love. And I think that's the thing that worries me. But having said that, interestingly, um, I, I'm interested to know how this is, whether this is the same with the millennials, whether this is something that is still happening with the, the Caribbean millennials. Um, because obviously there seems to be a difference between the African um, and the Caribbean, or of Caribbean heritage, I should say. And Derek Owusu reinforced that. Exactly. And, yeah. and from talking to millennial black women, that does seem to be borne out. The mm. fact that um, Caribbean women, younger ones, are dating African men exactly. who want to marry yes. them. And Caribbean women who are single and they've been singles, so many of whom I've known from their late 20s, some who used to work in journalism, some newspapers I'm not gonna mention, are still single, and they want to go out with someone from a similar cultural background, and they're serial singletons, and not necessarily out of choice. Um, mm. and, it's a, and it's a struggle, and so, and I think they're having the conversation, but there's a resignation, that's what worries me. There's a resignation, almost as if the black women, especially Caribbean black women's status is to be single. Mm. Um, and, and there's an acceptance of that and a resignation around that. That alarms me because that's something that I saw growing up and I certainly don't want to see continue with the next generation. And they've got their careers, they've got their homes, they've got their lives, they've got their friends. Um, some are, I mean, saying that, a good friend of both of ours is just um, engaged to be married and, um, and she's from St. Lucia yeah. and he's Jamaican. Yeah. Um, it's quite interesting, so it's great. So something's going on, but in the main, it just seems like this tacit, unspoken situation, until you bring it up as part of the discussion, we talk about it. Um, yeah, but I think that we do need to get men, and maybe intergener intergenerationally, to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And I think also, one thing we have to be honest about is about value. And I want to go back to a quote, Steve, that you said, and I think it is about how, not just how we value ourselves, but how we're devalued. 
And when you think about Lupita um, and uh, Viola Davis and so on, um, and about the value of dark-skinned women in America, that's, that's the narrative. I mean, in, in, in the UK, it's just about black women, period. And to quote you, Steve, you said, the unfortunate bottom line is that most of these brothers think their sisters, sisters are an inferior product. What makes the situation galling is that rather than accept that's how they see things, the men try and come up with a thousand reasons why black women are their own worst enemy, such as aggressive and um, and so on. So again, mm -hmm. Steve, you know, that's, yeah, that does, I, I feel that anyway, and that's a huge issue for us as black women in Britain, period, mm -hmm. about our value. Well, the, the thing that I always find ironic about this is no one wants to say, uh, admit to themselves that I am a stereotype. Everyone wants to say I'm fighting against stereotypes about how people see me as a black person. Yet at the same time, they're quite happy to stereotype black a lot of black men. When a stereotype black women say, black women belong in this box, they're all like this. Mm. And it's like, what in whatever society do you ever find one group of people that are all the same? Do you know what I mean? You think about all the different people you know and how different they all are. Mm -hmm. Black men, variety of different personalities, interests, traits, etc., etc. Women, all quite different, you know. And it's just ridiculous to say um, black women are this, black men are that, or whatever. It's just, it just seems ridiculous. And the idea that you then use that as a, an excuse, as you say, to put down black women, to, give, to try and justify your choices by denigrating someone else mm. just seems morally totally wrong. And also I think from, from my perspective as a black woman, you know, we know the stereotypes, don't we? We know the stereotypes. And so um, even on a kind of like an everyday level, because you know those stereotypes are at the back of your mind all the time, so you have a difficult situation. In the back of your mind you're saying, right, I cannot allow myself to become angry because if I allow myself to become angry, I play into the stereotype that of the angry black woman. And so therefore you, you're always thinking about how you respond to things. And this, all of this kind of has fed into that, I think, you know, because you're constantly having to be so careful, you know, and even if you are shown to be um, very forthright, you know, but yet someone, you know, maybe a white woman is, is reacting in the same way as you. The label is different. Mm -hmm. I, I want to come in on that because, again, I, I'm being so careful so I don't get sued. Of, you know, Because I've spoken to so many people over the years, especially journalistically, and I've just, things are creeping up in my head now because I know, obviously, you know, this may not land well with everybody and I don't want anyone to feel that we're bashing black men because we are not. I mean, I'm, I'm basically, you know, I don't think we are. Well, I think this is it's, about it's the an conversation. Observation. It's about the conversation, yeah. observation, but something just popped into my head and this was from about 15, I'd say, yeah, 2000. So even more specific, that's nearly 20 years ago, um, where I was having a meal uh, with a range of different people, journalists and, and um, authors, and there was someone who um, was talking with great publicity about the fact that he was now choosing to go out with white women um, because they look like they're having much more fun. They have less hang-ups, sexually and otherwise. And um, I don't know, I think he forgot who he was sitting next to, but anyway. Um, and, I, but I was intrigued. I said, well, and what, you know, well, how did you come up, you know, come to this conclusion? You know, um, but things like, you know, um, you know, snogging in public, you know, you know, sexual abandonment, you know, 
just this whole idea of them having much more fun. I thought I was intrigued by that because again, he's buying into the image, isn't it? That mm. um, that we we have the hang ups. So basically, black women and black people have the hang ups, and white people don't. <laughs> so I'm thinking, hmm, there is a real absence of thought about the impact and role of racism in society. But hey, let's 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 not go too deep. And I think that, so I just think there's different narratives that are going on in different spaces. And I think a lot of time we're preoccupied with the white spaces. We need to be more interested in the black, what's going on, mm. what's being said in, in, in different black spaces. Um, but also what it boils back down to is lack of communication. Mm. If you're in a relationship with someone and you want to be openly, you know, romantic or whatever, you have that conversation with your partner. You know, so, so to me, again, it's a cop out because this is about us not communicating yet again. I think, yeah, and not turn the truth, like you're saying, Steve. I think it is about not... And yeah. The thing is, <clears throat> we can all move on if you just tell the truth. It's yeah. like in a relationship, like, look, you know, he's just not that into you. You know, it's like, well, yeah, people tell you that. They deduce that, like, you know, Sherlock Holmes. But ultimately, the person, the guy didn't tell you, look, I don't particularly want to go out with you anymore. Um, but I, how then can we move to get black men to talk about this. I'm curious, have you had any conversations with, mm. with black men yourself? You know, because you're observing that you've spoken to schools of people over decades, you know, and you've published books written by black authors around topics and, and you know, that related and had featured black women prominently. I mean, what's what's come your way either through indirectly or directly on conversations well, with black men? It goes back to that thing I was saying that people aren't honest. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's I'm just no one is being honest. It's like, as I say, I haven't got any objection. Whoever someone wants to go out with is their own business. It doesn't involve me. Right? But I look at this from a statistical point of view. So I said, so I might say to Guy X, um, who's got a white partner, fine. Who all your, who have you ever gone out with? All his previous partners are white. Now. That kind of, and he may then come up with some, oh well, because I went to university in a, out of London, there weren't many black people there, and it's just like, so you're back in London, you know, and it's just what I said, it's just, people, well, in my workplace, I don't meet many black women, I'd like to go out with a black woman, but I just, just never seem to, you know, through my work I've met, you know. And then what's on social media, how many people meet people through their DMs? And black women are, are rocking, you know, they are leading the way in terms of social media, isn't it? But. That's why I said mm. there's a lack of there's a lack of honesty. It's almost like we need a Mark Two, Steve. I'm <laughs> trying to get you out of retirement to, to write the second <laughs> article, but the difference is now. I mean, that's something we can do. I mean, you know, we can film that and have that conversation. That you know, because we're also just to say, uh, listeners, that we're in 2020. We are going to uh, launch our round t- table series, and we're going to have conversations like this that will be filmed. That's a start. Because mm. having someone like Derek Arusu and someone who's older and someone who's midpoint talking about these things, and someone who's Steve Pope, and Steve Pope, <laughs> Steve, but I think Steve should mediate that. Mm. It'd be really good because I think that you, just not just in terms of your journalistic background, but you have a a core interest in this, you know. And this is fourteen stroke. Next year will be fifteen years on. It would be really good actually to say, look what is going on, and even if it's just men talking about what they've seen and what they know even if it's not the men who we need to have the honesty from, it is a start. And mm. I think it, do, it would be good for a man to leave that. Sorry, Steve, I know you came in for a podcast, but no. we want to... <laughs> but what do you feel about that? I think, I would, I think I, that would be fantastic. Yeah. The other thing I'd be interested in knowing is the younger generation. Because mm. I see a lot of 
um, black young guys and black women together more so than I think yes. all, there's a particular generation yes. that you know they're seeking each other out yeah I think so and I'm thinking is that something to do with the marketing and of desirability of black women like you know in the last 20 years in terms of music and stuff like that I think um, black women have been put forward as being um, attractive mm -hmm. which probably didn't happen for maybe a, a gener maybe mm -hmm. my generation mm -hmm. you know um, and maybe that's got something to do with it I don't know I mean the other thing as well is that psychologists or psychiatrists say that we often marry people who are like our parents you know men marry people like their mothers and if mm -hmm. that's the case why is it that black men aren't more attracted to black women because that's mm. how it should work mm. i think you've hit on two things one about um black women being seen as more desirable the interesting thing is we have taken the reins and started to market ourselves and social media and digital platforms has helped that um where we are that and youtube so for example now if if you've got natural hair you have a plethora of films that allow you um tutorials to show you your hair is amazing and mm. this is how you look after it you know, the fact that Pantene now has a gold range and now you've got um, Tracy Ellis Ross with the pattern range. So things that weren't discussed about our hair, about, you know, the, the, the differences are being accommodated now. We're not We're having to compromise. Advertising, look at advertising. Absolutely. Advertising mm -hmm. has changed drastically and it almost feels like it's it's been literally within the last year that pretty much every time I see an ad on television they are using really strong you know black images you know I mean there's been a big debate hasn't there mm. over how people are depicted in magazines and newspapers we grew up in a time when we weren't seen mm. you know but now it's it's different so I think you're right I think maybe because the black woman has been elevated in a way um, and I sort of think about my, my daughter and her friends um, and most of them are actually um, in relationships with people from, you know, not necessarily the same ethnic background in terms of like maybe Caribbean, but certainly African, you know, but they're having those relationships where they are with people of colour, you know, so it is, it does, you're right, there's a certain age group that I think are really kind of... Saying, no, this is what we want. Yeah. We, and also there, there is a confidence about black coupledom you know about and I think some of that comes from America about you know the power couple mm -hmm. that we together we can create mm -hmm. and I think it's very entrepreneurial and I just want to stress that I think the whole reframing of our beauty has been led by women mm -hmm. women black women it's not black men saying we're beautiful a lot of them and what I find really fascinating though that's again see what's happening another podcast here a lot of the time when you have black men here and abroad saying how fantastic and wonderful we are it's like yeah but they're not marrying us or the one that they, they, they fall more into the Latina category, you know, in terms of the video. So I think there's a lot of mixed signals um, in terms of advertising, in terms of video portrayal. I think that's what the American women on the Oprah show was, were alluding to, that we don't fit the, the model and mm. what's being said to young women. But if you look at all the adverts, it's very rare, in this country, it's very rare you see a black man and a black woman. Mm, it's predominantly true. black men with white women. Yeah. It's, all, it's, it's, it's like that's the only coupling that we can cope with there's occasionally black women um with white men but a lot more often than not they're mixed race because mm. it's to me about keeping the narrative alive let's not challenge it too much which is white women are the most desirable and that's it and we don't want to challenge that by having and also women are the ones who spend the money and influence others to spend but money another thing patsy which you mentioned which i find really interesting is when you speak to black women you've got white partners 
they're quite honest. They've said, mm. I wanted to go out with a black man. I, and it's almost like I ended up with a, a white man as a, as a, as a substitute yeah. for the black man because I couldn't find a black man that wanted to go out with me. Mm. You know, and they're at least being honest, you know, and not necessarily denigrating the black man, although there'll be some who will say that I've been treated like this X, Y, Z. But it's always, the thing is with the black men, the black men are, uh, they're proactive in their choice. Uh, I find with a lot of um, uh, black women and white partners, their reaction yeah. to that. Yeah. And I think there's an important difference there. Also statistically, um, I think when I last looked at these figures, it was something like 48% of black men had white partners and it was only 30% of black women. So there is still quite a big mm, difference. It's not yeah. a 50-50 split. So, but I think the, 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 the figure for women had gone up since the yes, last set of yeah. figures, hadn't it? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. When I checked. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But w when you ask a lot of women, as I say, it's not necessarily they feel that white men, well, some maybe, feel white men are an, um, an aesthetically um, better product. It's, this is what I want, but I can't get it, so. Yeah. This is, I, I've got to be more open in my choice of um, partner. And that mirrors what, what we hear, what we know, yeah. and I know it to be true, particularly for women in their 40s and 50s. Mm -hmm. It's almost like, I need to experience love. And some yeah. of that was clearly the case in the feedback from uh, the survey. So, yeah, I think, again, we just really need to explore this further with women and with men, um, mm -hmm. separately and together. Um, so and, and just and it, just as a point um, added to that, uh, one of the things that I found in talking to women, um, you know, sort of this kind of age, you know, in their 50s, that kind of thing, um, that I found that when they came out of these long-term relationships in their late 40s, early 50s, and they'd always been with a black man, now they've come into this new kind of dating landscape and actually they're much more open. They're much more kind of like, yeah, well, I'm going to just meet people, whoever they are, you know, whatever their background. Um, and sometimes it was because they'd maybe dated, you know, uh, black men or maybe sometimes it was that they hadn't been that successful dating black men. But they'd come out and they were now more open about it. And I agree with you, Steve. Actually, they were very honest about why it was they were going out and they were, they were more prepared to date men from other, other races. And yet they are stopped and quizzed by black men. Yeah. Um, I find that if you spoke to black men who are dating white women and black women who are dating white men, how many black women have stopped black men and asked them why on earth are you going out with this particular person? Mm. Whereas majority of black women, they will have a story of being stopped and quizzed and questioned about their choice. Even sometimes when they're walking with a, a, male, a white male colleague, that happens. Mm. And that happened with me when I was, twice, when I was with um, two, one was a gay friend and one was um, a former colleague. And I, anyway, it had to be dealt with. But this, yeah, or, or certain, energy is, is, is being channeled in your direction mm. about your choices so I think it's quite interesting and I wonder if black men get that from black men for example mm. you know in terms of them being into interracial relationships so all of these things really then loads of questions for us to be answered so we will be looking into this people and we want to hear your thoughts please um, let us know what you think because this must have stirred up um, hopefully positively and even if it's not positively we want to know why um, in relation to what's been 
discussed here today so we'd love to hear from you well um Steve, we want to leave the last point with you now. Apart from the fact we've we've employed you for next year <laughs> to do to do a round table, um, and again, as is the case, there's just so much this has thrown up that we really need mm. to to explore and look at. Um, it's a conversation that definitely needs to continue. Mm. Is there anything looking back? Because you said before you, you you came to this podcast, you you reread your article. I would imagine the first time in a decade, if if, if not longer. Is there anything you feel that doesn't hold true now, or is there anything that you would change? Nothing. Unfortunately, I think it's exactly the same. Apart from, as I say, I'd like to know in terms of, because I don't know a lot of younger people in their 20s or so, mm. I'd like to know what they think, whether this is a theme that has carried on or whether there's actually changed. Maybe black love is alive, but amongst the younger generation. And it will actually be really interesting to see what the next census says. Yeah. We've got, what, three years, 21, for the next census. So actually that will be interesting. And certainly in terms of us continuing this conversation and then seeing what comes out of uh, the next census is going to be really interesting. Steve, thank you so thank much you. With, the, you. with the heavy, serious hurricane level five, five rain that is <laughs> banging down above us. And um, you're going to hear that. So you have atmospherics at the back of this um, podcast. So thanks for listening. Thanks so much, Steve. For taking the time to, to spend it with us it um, and I and I, like I said I think we're going to take you off on, on that suggestion yeah definitely um, yeah so until the next time listeners um, thanks for tuning in what have we got to expect next time Joy well we've got two more men this time we've got Lee Townsend and we've got Bamson and Lee Townsend is a photographer as is Bamson and also an activist in the community and doing a lot of work with black men and mental health and Bamson, just to name drop, he happens to be the tour photographer for the one and only Sean Paul. Oh yes. So they'll be in the studio with us discussing fatherhood and also representation of blackness through photography. So tune in. And if any of you have got any questions around fatherhood, that'd be great if you let us know. We can pose those questions to them when they're in the studio. So come on, hit us up on Twitter, and also on Instagram, you know what they are by now. So we look forward to hearing from you. So until the next episode of Black Love Bites. Where love and truth meet.